It is your Classic Metal Show right here on the ClassicMetalShow.com, and that is the band Sorcerer from their newest release, Lamenting of the Innocent. That one is called Where Spirits Die. And on the line right now, we have the guitarist of Sorcerer who's guaranteed to not let your spirits die from hearing the great new album from Sorcerer. It is Christian Neiman. Christian, how are you, man? I'm fine, buddy. Thank you for having me. Sure. Well, Christian, I have to say, man, for people that don't know who Sorcerer is, you guys are the exact easiest kind of band to describe because you, while everybody tries to find genres or whatever to put people in, I'm going to erase all that. Sorcerer is metal, period. Anything that you think of as metal is exactly what you guys do. Thank you very much, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not going to say anything else. I, I totally agree. I, I think we can, I mean, genres, I guess, are uh, helpful in describing, you know, you know you like a certain type of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think it's metal. I mean, might be a bit slower than, than, than people are. I mean, overall, if you have an overall BPM measurement, maybe our uh, records are uh, on the slower side. But still, you know, heavy, still hopefully groovy and melodic and yeah i mean if you if you're a fan of uh you know sabbath with, with maybe the later sabbath with uh dio maybe tony martin you know uh that kind of stuff uh, you probably might enjoy sorcerer i i think so and you know the one album that creeps out and to me if i was going to make a comparison is not necessarily a sabbath record but the dio album magica this the the lamenting record really reminds me a lot of magica with the the way you guys do the slow builds and you use the vocals and the guitars to kind of lead into each song it really reminded me a lot of that album wow uh i have to admit that i have not heard that one i mean I'm, of course i'm a huge dio fan but i think the the, the last dio album i heard back then was probably oh let's see uh the the one uh, lock up the wolves. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Robertson. Yeah, and then then of course I uh, of the later ones I like uh, killing the dragon with the got dog Aldrich on it. Yeah, that that's now that's that's fast Dio there. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you listen to Magica, it it's very similar stylistically to what you're doing with the songs are are longer and they build and they tell a story, you know, it's the whole, the whole thing kind of, I don't know if they ever called it a concept or not, but it, it, it told a story. So it, it just reminded me very much of what you're doing. But awesome. we're not, I'm going to check it out for sure. After yeah. this, I will listen to that one for sure. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, about Sorcerer and about Lamenting of the Innocent. Um, as somebody that I'll, I'll just admit to you, I, I did not know a ton about your band until um, Nikki of Metal Blade turned me on to it. And and then I went back and did my diligence and reading about the band, you guys might have the strangest history of all time with bands with 26 years between form forming and releasing a, an album, a, a quote unquote album on a on Metal Blade. Talk a little bit about this history because it is, it, if this isn't a story of perseverance, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, you're correct there. There was a long time between, you know, the, the formation of the band and the first actual album. 
But I have to be honest, I mean, of course, the band wasn't active all that time, you know, struggling, obviously, you know. Um, uh, for me, I was not in the band in the beginning. I joined when the rebirth sort of happened in 2010. Sure. But uh, Anders and Johnny uh, formed the band way back in 88, 89, and they did two demos, which were, uh, you know, moderately successful in the underground scene, you know. They, they didn't attract a record label or anything, but... Um, they were they were floating around, and then uh, it sort of disbanded. And uh, Johnny joined Tiamat, and Anders joined uh, Lion's Share. Right. Um, then in two, uh, let's see, 1995, I think. Then uh, um, John Perez from uh, Solitude Eternus, mm -hmm. uh, he uh, uh, contacted those guys uh, and, and said like, Hey, I want to you know, release your demos, make an album, you know, and then they re he released it on the Brain Ticket Records. So that, that album is basically a collection of the two demos. Sure. Then fast forward a bunch of years, um, 15 to be exact, then uh, Oliver from uh, Hammer of Doom Festival in Germany uh, contacted uh, Johnny Hoggle and said, hey, guy, you know, I'm a huge Sorcerer fan. Um, you, would you care to reunite Sorcerer for one gig for my festival? Um, and Johnny said, hmm, let me think about it, and called Anders, and Anders said, no, hell no, we're not going to do that. And then uh, he hung up the phone and said, nah. And then he thought about it for, you know, five minutes and called him back and said, like, hey, I mean, it could be fun, though, but, you know, uh, what about the, the the other band members? We, we don't really, they didn't have any contact with the, with the two guitar players and the drummer. So they're like, ah, well, let's let's get new guys, you know, because I mean, Johnny was the main songwriter and Anders is the singer, so those guys are the main guys anyway. Sure. So and they were like, uh, they they called me. I mean, I, I knew uh, Anders from Therion and I knew Johnny from from around, you know. So uh, I got in the band and rounded up some other guys, and then we did a couple of festivals, sure. um, Hammer of Doom, and then uh, Up the Hammers also in uh, in Greece, in Athens. And after that gig in Athens, we, we, we got such a tremendous uh, audience reception, you know. Everybody sang the songs. They knew the lyrics better than us, you know. It was mind-blowing. You know, it was, it was amazing. Uh, and after that gig, we said, like, hey, man, we should probably try to record an album, you know, a real album. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, became In the Shadow of the Inverted Cross. That, sure. um, that, that was the first, uh, yeah, real album after, yeah, a bunch of years. <laughs> sure. It just, it, it really is crazy how the, the kind of the metal circle of life kind of came about with, with, you know, all of you guys, obviously this band had an origin and then it had almost a second birth and in sure. between, you know, just like you were mentioning some really big bands that you guys were in, whether it's Tiamat or Lion's Share or, or, you know, uh, theory yeah. and whatnot yeah. you know i mean these are maybe maybe not here in the states they're not huge huge bands but in europe these are some large bands that are very well respected so for those that are learning of sorcerer for the first time this is not just a scrag bunch of guys that are just throwing a band together it's a very successful collection of musicians yeah i mean yeah we, we, we've done our part you know we, sure. we uh, paid our dues and then toured uh, everywhere, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that, that's also one, a really nice thing about the band. I mean, since we're, I mean, we're older. We, let's, let's just not, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we're old, old guys. 
<laughs> so uh, we have the experience, and you know, when we're pretty chill, chill guys, we, we don't want any trouble or any drama. We just want to make music and have fun, you know. Sure. That, that's that really works, you know. And as you get older, as, as I mean, in every you know way of um, branch of life or whatever you want to call it, you know, you, you just want to have a nice relationship with people and, and hang, you know, have fun. Mm-hmm. That, that means so much, and in this case, it also means we could make some cool music, you know. So it's it's really a nice situation. Sure. Now, and you definitely have created some cool music. I know the 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 latest release, "Lamenting of the Innocent." Like I said said to you, you know, yesterday uh, when we were texting back and forth, I love this record. I I can't stop playing it. I'm a you know I like as you can obviously tell, I'm a Dio Sabbath, Candlemass kind of person, Cathedral. I love that that awesome. sound and that style. Yeah. And, this one though is different than it than even your your previous albums. It, like like you said, it's a little bit slower. It's a little more methodical, and it's it's really it's almost progressive without being prog metal. You know, it, it's a very progressive song structures, but not necessarily nobody's going to confuse you with Symphony X or Dream Theater. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 I mean. Uh... We'll, we'll, we, we try to, we, we really try to write as simply as possible, you know, as, as simple stuff as possible. Sometimes shit gets complicated, but I, I think we, we try to keep it at, you know, really not, not do too much wiggly wiggly stuff, you know. We, we try to focus, the chorus is the main thing, you know, great chorus with great hooks, make sure all the verses are great, you know. The vocals are king in the band, you know. That that that's the first thing, you know. Make sure the vocals are cool, the vocal melodies and the sound and everything. And if you got a cool chorus to go with that, you know, then then you're pretty much home. Then you just need to put the rest together, you know. Sure. And I mean, it's yeah, it's it's just a, a joy to work with with these guys. I mean, everybody knows what to bring to the band, and it's never it's never a problem. Like. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to have this party, and then it's like something that doesn't fit. You know, it never happens. It's like, yeah, what, we do what's best for the song. You know, what brings forward the vocals the best? That's what we do. Sure, and, yeah. and you know what's interesting is you guys focus on the vocals, but as a listener, I would not, I would not pick the vocals as the focus either. I, you know, I, I find this to be very much more a guitar-driven release that that the vocals, you know, kind of complement it, it primarily because you do a lot of, a lot of interesting things guitar wise, you know, it's not, it's not standard riff, 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 solo riff, riff, riff. You know, there's a lot of interesting movements and, and building shapes and stuff with, with the guitars. I, I honestly think that it's much more guitar driven than maybe you guys even, as the band see it to be could be don't tell our singer that (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's uh yeah i mean we we of course love to play you know as much as we can and and everything but we hope that what what we do you know serves the song and and if if some if we can if we can you know sneak our stuff in there a lot of it then then we probably do that you know and also one thing is uh, is we like to layer a lot of guitars that's maybe also what you hear i mean we have the basic foundational riffs you know but there's 
maybe always uh, a clean guitar on top of it or like a melody going. Mm-hmm. So we, there's very, very rare that, that Peter and I play the same part. It's usually, maybe in the verses, we play the, the same riff, you know, but going into the bridge and the, the, the chorus and all that stuff, we play different parts. And, and on this record, I mean, it's probably uh, sometimes there's like three guitar parts, you know, and that's going to be a problem live, you know. But, uh, we'll see. But um, we like to layer stuff. And it's, it's, I think we take a lot of inspiration from, from genres outside of metal, you know. We, I'm a huge, uh, you know, the Edge fan from U2, for instance. That guy's a genius, you know. I love his playing. And so there's a lot of like stuff like that, small melodies here and there with delays just tucked in somewhere low, you know, and almost could be a keyboard part, but but it is guitar, you know. So, sure. but I, I'm glad to hear you uh, appreciate uh, the time that has gone into the uh, guitar arrangements. Oh, great. Well, yeah. uh, let me let me ask you this: Is the album itself a concept record, or, or are there just pieces in the album that make it feel? A little more conceptual. I, I I didn't see it written as a concept record anywhere in your press, and I didn't. I if it is a concept, it's a concept I didn't follow real well. But then there's songs in the middle, like like Deliverance, as an example. Deliverance feels very much like a piece that could have been written to move a a story from here to here, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what made me wonder if this is indeed a concept album or a loose concept album or what you were going for. You are indeed right. It is a concept album, okay. but uh, it's not a chronological uh, con- like it's not like Operation Mindcrime. You know, it doesn't start from A to go to Z. You know, it, it's the the concept is about you know the witch burnings and this book, the Malium Maleficarum, the the witch hammer. Uh, yeah, with with the witch burnings and all that stuff. Uh, but but every lyric deals with that subject in one way or another. But it's not like going from here to here. It's right. just it's a bit jumping around so but it but it still it deals with the same concept so you're you're absolutely right it is a concept sure is it is it difficult to write toward a concept and and specific maybe not for the singer but again i go back to the band you know it's very in my mind i would imagine it's very complicated to come up with with riffs or with music to fit where you're trying to tell the story is that is that indeed the case, or is it easier uh, than thinking? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the the thing was, I think from the beginning, I I seem to I seem to remember we 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 started out with the idea of having the, the chronological thing going, you know, mm-hmm. but but it became really complicated because we don't really meet up much and rehearse and and we 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 didn't really sequence the songs before long after everything was written, you know, if you want to, you need to sequence the songs early and make sure that they fit tempo wise. And like, it's a good, yeah, it's a good sequence. Uh, we didn't do that. So, and by the time we thought about that, uh, then it was too late. And uh, we, we sort of said like, okay, just, you know, just write lyrics and it'll be a, a concept that deals with, you know, the, this subject, but it's not in an order. So that that's the easiest way to do it. So, so for us, I mean, actually for us, it, it wasn't any difference than writing a normal album, you know. Sure. But had we done that with the um, with the chronological thing, then definitely would have been a challenge to, you know, here you need something that's a breather. 
here you need a uh, deals with uh, something violent, so it should be a fast song, and this should be a really slow song. You know, then it's a different challenge for sure. Sure. And, <laughs> and you know what is? I I think by having more of a loose concept like this, you actually recorded a more listenable release. Not that obviously Operation Mind Crime or the Crimson Idol or you know pick your pick whatever album you want are not listenable, but they really do lock themselves into. 70 minutes of listening or whatever it is, you know, you, you kind of have to start here and end here. The, the nice thing about lamenting of the innocent is yeah, you can listen to it from start to finish, but at the same time you can pull out songs and just kind of listen to, listen to it. And, and to be honest, one of the unique things that I, I would put in the, sort of the iron maiden camp is the, the song length is long enough on a lot of these songs that if you're digging what you're listening to, you can get your fill from it without getting overloaded with the concept. Does that make sense? Yeah, true, true, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we have a tendency to uh, draw out the songs a little bit, but uh, I swear to God, it's not like we try to make long songs. They just happen, you know. Right. If if these songs were pop songs, you know, normal pop songs, uh, 120 BPMs, they would be half the length. But if right. you play slow, they're twice the length. <laughs> Sure. Now, um, on, on the new release, um, you did have um, Candlemass's uh, Johan Lanquist um, jump on to the to the release. How did he end up, um, you know, a- involved in this? Yeah, uh, Anders, our singer, uh, was in a band a long time ago, uh, be- way before Sorcerer. I-, I guess when they were maybe fourteen, fifteen years old or something. Okay. Uh, he was in a band with Lanquist's um, uh, younger brother, and. And he hooked up with Johan as well. They were friends, all of them. And I think this was also after Johan had had already left Candlemas, you know. Uh, and then they just stayed friendly, you know. They've always kept in touch over the years and met up and, you know, celebrated maybe birthdays or something or, you know, just went for beers or whatever. Right. Uh, and then when this record came up um, and with Johan back in Candlemas again, Anders' idea was like, yeah, we, we should really have Johan guest on the album because he's, he's a great singer, I love his voice, and uh, he's a friend of mine, so what do you guys say? And we were like, of course, that's an honor, you know? Sure. Um, so uh, he just contacted him, said like, hey, do you want to sing a song with us? And he was, absolutely no problem, he's the coolest guy, he's such a relaxed, he's a, oh, what a sweetheart. Sure. Um, and he, yeah, and then I don't think, they, had, they didn't have uh, the song decided like in the beginning, but as time went on, if deliverance was became I think like the obvious choice to to do it on because he he got quite a bit of room there you know to really showcase his voice you know like a and Calamas don't really do the ballady acoustic right. songs they do the <laughs> songs which <laughs> right. we all love of course obviously but uh, yeah we're really happy that that he wanted to do it he 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 took that song into another dimension for sure. Sure. Now, yeah. a- another quick question I had, is Richard still in the band or is, has he left the band or what is his status? Richard? Yeah. Our drummer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he joined after, right after, uh, I mean, he wasn't, he was in the band way back when, okay. when the band started. He was uh, on the second demo, I think. And then, uh, yeah, they all, you know, they split up and he went out and do different things. But after the Fire King, we didn't have a drummer. 
So uh, I I gave him a call. Said like, hey man, you wanna you wanna play or you wanna be back in Sorcerer again? And they said, yeah man, sure, that'd be fun. <laughs> so he's he's back now. So he's this is his first album with Sorcerer for okay. real. Awesome. Sure. You know what's weird is I I know Richard from I'm I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh-huh. he obviously was in Chimera for yeah. for a minute. And when I saw his name, you know, listed in the in the information, I was like, wow, this is very different from what he's known for playing. You yeah. know, it's you know, he's known for playing in such fast metalcore bands and now now he's in this band it's yeah. like wow what a change <laughs> yeah and it's also it's really funny because uh when whenever we go to play a concert you know me and me and peter we always sit you know warm up on guitar you know try to get you know get warmed up mm-hmm. and it's like ricky doesn't have to warm up he's like this is so easy it's such an easy gig for me <laughs> you know i can just walk on stage grab my sticks walk on stage and just play i don't have to do anything you know, so I guess he's happy for that. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, sit down and go blast beats for an hour before, you know, to. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's awesome. He's such a versatile drummer. He can play anything. I mean, he, he can play. I heard him play some like really deep, like pop grooves, like D'Angelo, some of those okay. grooves, like, oh, amazing. So, yeah, he's my favorite drummer. Sure. Definitely. Now. Yeah. Now, um, Christian, obviously, you know, the world is on pause right now and we're everybody's everybody's sitting at home. Um, I've been asking everybody this one. I'll ask you the same question. Is this while it's it's certainly uncomfortable and it's not the best situation in the world. Is it a good situation for a band like Sorcerer who's still, you know, establishing, you know, name recognition around the world? Because there's so many people that are, you know, kind of trapped at home, looking for something new and something fresh to hear and 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 listen to. Yeah, we we try to look at it that way. I mean, obviously, we would have loved to gone out and supported this album with a bunch of shows. You know, that that was the main focus. We really wanted to take Sorcerer to the next level and do much more touring, much more gigging. Sure. But like you said, everybody's stuck at home now, and and hopefully what you're saying is true. You know, everybody's bored out of their minds, you know, so they can stay home and listen to Sorcerer among, among other bands, you know? Sure. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. Sure. Definitely. Well, um, what, what do you, if, if best case scenario, and I'm, you know, I, I obviously know no more than you or anybody else, including all these world leaders, but let's just say they reopen the world June 1st. Okay. Will that give you you guys an, enough of an open window to be able to get out there and play some shows and and promote the band, or or do you kind of almost have to look at right now as here's an album and it's going to end up being a bridge to the next album, you know, a year later? Um, I think if if we would open up in in like you say a month or two, then sure we would we would get out there and play as much as we could. Uh, we're rehearsing right now. I mean, we don't. I mean, we had gigs, but I guess they're all canceled. But we're still playing because we love playing and we love playing the new songs. So that's what we're rehearsing now. Uh, so we would be we would be ready to go out and play. Sure. Um, and if you know, like you say, maybe if this is a bridge to another album, could be. Uh, maybe we could go out in the fall, or you know, no one knows. Um, we really hope we can uh, get, go out and play with this album. I mean, it would really suck 
to have to go into the studio again and you know and like okay this is a lost album in, in a way you know we have to make a new that would suck but yeah. um yeah but that's the way for everybody right now so i guess we're uh, we just have to see what happens yeah and it's so you know it, it's weird because it's it's only been a few weeks really i mean in the in the grand scope it's been what three four five weeks whatever it's been yeah. and yet like today i saw on the news that europe canceled pretty much all the festivals for the summer like Vakken and swedish yeah. rock sweden rock and all the all those were all canceled today and i was like oh my god that is a lot of metal that is not going to get heard this year yeah yeah absolutely it's uh it's just too too dangerous you know or too yeah it's not not good for people to mm. uh, to do that so i think it's it's the right decision i mean on a grand scale you know look at it on a on a, on a whole planetary scale so to speak i mean the music business yeah it's it's a bummer but it's a it's a small piece of the puzzle you know it, it's just, there's so many other people suffering and and so i, I it's just hey we're going to be back. We'll be back maybe maybe not this year, maybe next year or maybe the year after that, but we'll be back. Metal will be back. Music will be back. And I think life will be back to pretty much sort of normal. We're, we're, uh, we're not, uh, humanity is not very good at, at learning lessons. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everybody says like, yeah, you know, we really have to start thinking this way or that way. And yeah, I agree we should, but so pretty soon we're going to fall back into the old, you know, all wheel uh, tracks, you know, whatever you call it. Right. But uh, yeah, that's the way I see it. I hear you, man. Well, for now, since everybody is sitting at home, I am going to suggest that everybody goes out and checks out Lamenting of the Innocent. The band is called Sorcerer. Um, why don't we Why don't we do this, um, Christian? Why don't you pick a, pick a song from the album? Maybe tell us a quick story about it to wrap the interview up. Uh, okay, um, then I will pick, uh, ooh, let's see, I'll pick uh, Lament, the, the title track, Lamenting of the Innocent. Uh, it's, um, it's, one, it's probably one, yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. Uh, it started, uh, it started, we had the chorus, you know, uh, written already, um, and then we, and it felt it was. I think it was the, actually the first song that was finished, uh, where where we did the vocals on, you know. And it set it set such a high level uh, that chorus, you know, for us that we felt like okay, this is going to be a great record. After that one, it all sort of fell into place. And uh, once we had that part, you know, we added everything else and we started working on the other songs. But when that chorus came together, it was like goosebumps and like okay we're going to be all right. We got, we have a great song here. So yeah, I love that song. All right. Well, I, I have to agree with you. It is my favorite on the record as well. So let's play it right now. This is lamenting of the innocent at sorcerer right here on your classic metal show. Yeah. 